to the How Could You Podcast. I'm Lauren Tossi. And I'm Ryan Tossi. Hey, Ryan. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. <laughs> Christmas is all around me. Solid gold shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome everyone to um, our first episode of December, which is not going to be a gap in our film knowledge, rather a hearty discussion, maybe um, even a little bit of a debate. Yes, definitely. We're going to be going back and forth a lot. It's going to be fun. But before we get started, are you going to be okay? Because before the show started, <laughs> our co-host Lauren... <laughs> Dipped her hair into some coffee, and this has really thrown her off. Listen, it takes a really long time for me to blow dry my hair, and my hair is at a length where I no longer have control over it. And so I just, I went to take a sip of coffee, and there was just like a, like my whole... Play like a champion. I expect more from a varsity letter winner. You gotta come out and play the game here. Play hurt. I will be fine. I will find a way Delicious to persevere. Delicious coffee aroma will get, will get you through to this And help keep me energized. Before we get started, though, I do want to talk about last week. Okay. Um, so we, you know, we had planes, tra- our last episode, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. Which got a little bit more, garnered a little more interest than I thought in that people that I didn't know who were really big fans of the movie. I told you that was going to happen. You definitely did, and I definitely I said, was wrong. people are going to come out of the woodwork at you, and they're not going to be happy. <laughs> but there were a lot on my side as well that thought the film may have been overrated. Yes. Um, but I did. It was funny. We got a really good phone call from our brother-in-law, Mike, who is an amazing individual. He was really nice listening to our podcast coming home from work, and he had to give us a call because he said we forgot a Thanksgiving movie. Oh, what movie did we forget? Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, that is very true. Yes. That you is know a Thanksgiving what? movie. It is. And I thought it was a really good one for him to talk about. He told this great story about how that was a big family Thanksgiving movie for him and his family. His dad would always get up and watch it. We, you and I talked about March of the Wooden Soldiers. Yes. He compared it to that. So it was a great story to hear him say it. And I like. And after he was talking about it, I totally ha- I get it. That whole first part of that movie is Thanksgiving. So I think it is a great Thanksgiving movie to lead in to Christmas. Yeah, it does. It exists in that liminal space between the two holidays because it is about both things. Uh, but right. I, I like the idea of watching it at Thanksgiving time because it's about the Thanksgiving Day Parade. But I think you and I both agree that the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade also signals the start of the Christmas season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what he's saying. Like, he watched, he watched it on Thanksgiving morning. Like, that was, you know. And I, I think it's a great idea. And I think it kind of goes to what we're talking about today. These, these kind of bridge-type movies, right? Yes. So, today... Today we're going to be talking about alternative or unconventional Christmas movies. So movies that maybe sparked the debate of whether... Is that whether where we landed on finally? Alternative Christmas alternative movies? Alternative Christmas movies? Yeah, We've we had don't. like four different titles. Because I couldn't find a word, and maybe I need to invent a word. I don't know. I'm an English teacher. I'm allowed. <laughs> um, to describe exactly what we're talking about. I invented a word in high school. <laughs> no, you did. You did. It's not a word. It's a sound. <laughs> Never mind. That's a story for another time. That is a story for another Wait, time. Wait, that sounds really weird, actually. <laughs> There's no way to lead out of this. You know what? Go on. Okay. So, anyways, back to the podcast <laughs> and not your weird, this poverty life stories. Um, I'm sorry. You want to talk for five more minutes about your hair being in coffee? It was really traumatic. Did and you then I think some cream and sugar on your You know I take my coffee black. This is just mean. All right, I'm going back to the episode. So we essentially, we made a list of movies that can be considered Christmas movies, but aren't really traditionally 
Christmas fair. And there are a lot of like different ways we can look at this. So there's definitely a lot of horror movies that fall into this. Yeah, there's a major list of horror movies that I think are just straight up Christmas movies for the horror fan. I yes. mean, like they're, they are Christmas movies. It just has a horror edge. That's not going to be something you and I are going to, on the most part, talk about today. Yeah, not today. And I feel like those films themselves, that they could be, like, entire episodes because of really interesting production histories with them and, like, interesting critical receptions. But the movies we're looking at are the ones that kind of exist in those weird spaces of kind of a Christmas movie, kind of not, or maybe, like, kind of what we talked about with Thanksgiving movies last episode where it was like, well, there's a big Thanksgiving moment in the movie, so these movies may have, like, big Christmas moments. Right, like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles having one mention of Thanksgiving, and we count it as a Thanksgiving movie. It is a Thanksgiving movie. (laughs) You've got to let this one go. But it it is a good topic. Yeah. Thank you. I mm. believe we are both very clever for coming up with this idea. We did come up with a rating system, so we decided that if we deem it a Christmas movie, it's going to be rated as a Santa. Mm-hmm. If it's kind of in between, it's kind of Christmas, kind of not, it's going to be a snowman because snowmen like are... snowmen are, right? Yeah, they're yeah. kind of Christmassy, kind of not. Um, they get put at Christmas time a lot, but it's a winter, like, you know, icon. Right. And then if it's just straight up not a Christmas movie at all, we're going to give it a lump of coal. Not meaning that the movie's bad, it just gets a lump of coal. Right, yes, I think, and we'll talk yeah. when we, we're talking, but some of these deserve lump of, lumps of coal. <laughs> yes, some of them do. Um, so we are going to go back and forth now. Obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that brevity is not our strong suit, so we are quite literally setting a timer for every single movie, kind of pardon the interruption style. Yes, ESPN, pardon the interruption. That's what we're going to go with here. (laughs) Which is as much sports as I'm going to be able to contribute to this. So we are going to set a timer so that way this isn't a 15-hour podcast because we have, friends, we have 20 movies that we're going to go through. (laughs) That's not even to talk about the ones that we you know, veer off into. No, we are going to we're gonna stick to this pre-agreed upon list of movies that we will be discussing. I just like to say that before we start, that for all my fans out there, The Nightmare Before Christmas has been removed from this list. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because we could have done a whole episode about Halloween movies <laughs> alone. But I am excited about Maybe this. Maybe next year. Because I think there are some great movies here that have that Christmas feel, that Christmas spirit to it. Uh, and then some other great movies here that really shouldn't be even discussed as a Christmas movie, but we, we're going to get to. Yeah, and I blame this on, like, the internet having lists. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of go down the rabbit hole of, like, oh, it's kind of a Christmas movie with, like, big, like, quotation marks well, around it. So it makes it, like, fun to kind of look up. And I think you're going to start us off with... The The preeminent one. Okay, so we're getting right into this. So, two minutes. Here we... Drum roll, please. (laughs) Drum roll. Joy to the world. Okay, ready? Two minutes, starting now. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Will not debate this. Big old Santa awarded to Bruce Willis. (laughs) (laughs) We're just out there right now. I'm with you because I think... Pop culture has now made it. There's no question. About I don't it. think there's any question about it. And and you and I have talked about this a lot. And, and I was lucky enough, uh, I think this was last year, actually it's two years ago now, uh, to be a part of like a debate show of our school's podcast, The Spartan Life, um, and talk about this in depth as to why it is a Christmas movie. And I think setting themes all play a really big hand into this. And you have to make a decision. We talked about this last week with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Like what makes something a Thanksgiving or a holiday movie? And it's those certain themes. 
families being reunited, overcoming obstacles in favor of the season, things of that variety, I think always like lend themselves really nicely to like the spirit of like holiday seasons and holiday giving. So I think this works really well for it. Also, it's a movie that's very committed to its Christmas theme because there are little tiny little Christmas touches all over the place. It's a Christmas party. There's Christmas decor. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. (laughs) Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, it's very, very Christmassy. It does have a lot of credit. I agree with you. I yeah. mean, and I, and I think it's a valid, fun Christmas movie. So I think this, uh, my only disappointment is I think now it's become such, you know, lexicon um, to, you know, this, this kind of Christmas pop culture aspect of it that now it's kind of lost a little of its its shine over the last couple of years. I disagree because I still think it's fun to debate. Not the I film, s- no, just no, no, the no. debate. The debate itself. So here's the thing. I do think because it's been, and I think that's probably why I wanted to start with this one because it's been b- debated so like, like fervently and I think people have really settled on the fact that <laughs> it is a Christmas seconds. movie. <laughs> um, so I think it. what's fun to start with this is that you can kind of just kind of stamp it down. It is a Christmas movie. I think it's been very accepted as a Christmas film and John McClane yeah definitely and that leads us right into mine Die Hard 2 <laughs> oh, no. the lost film that we now can start to talk about with this one because if Die Hard 1 is Die Hard 2 absolutely is as well so why is it a Christmas movie and I'm giving it a Santa right off the bat Ooh, as well man. just like you the whole opening is just about Christmas I mean you got Christmas carolers you got uh, you got the um Christmas music playing. You have Santa in that opening scene at the airport. Uh, there's a whole discussion with John McClane and the police officer when they're given the ticket about, come on, it's Christmas. And the cop, you know, won't, was still writing the ticket to the car. Or they leave having it towed. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah. So it's got all the same themes of, you know, the first movie. In fact, that little bit more because this one's about getting home for the holidays, right? Which is complete Christmas type. So why do you think that this one doesn't come up as much in that debate? It's a sequel. Mm. And it's not even... It's probably one of the lesser sequels in the Die Hard franchise. Nothing compared to Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, Die Hard with a Vengeance is great. Well, wait, no, no, no Die Hard with a Vengeance. you're thinking of uh, the... The one where they're in Russia. The fifth one in yeah, Russia. Yeah, I don't like that no, one. No, that one's terrible. That one's definitely not With a Christmas the sun? movie. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't even remember the title of it right now. That's why I thought it was Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Die Hard Avengers was the Samuel L. Jackson one. Oh, that one I love. Which is excellent. Not yeah. set at Christmas. Yes, and then you know I love the four, Live Free or Die Hard. What's well, July Which I count movie. as a July 4th movie. <laughs> so what do you, do you think it is? I mean, yes. But I know you've only ever seen it once, I believe, once. right? Once, yeah. Um... Which is why I think I'd like flubbed like what the title of the last one is because like I, I certainly love the first one. It's not to say that I don't love the second one. It's just we don't rewatch it. I don't know. Maybe we build it in this year. Maybe There's a ton we... of snow in it too. So snow, snow always makes people feel. Always Christmas-y. gives you that Christmas feel. Yes. So we're gonna count it. Lock it in. Okay. All right. So next one on my list. So this is going to be a little bit more out there. This is the film In Bruges. Um, if you've never seen the movie In Bruges, it is. Fantastic! So it stars Brendan Gleeson and my number one long-lasting Hollywood crush, Colin Farrell. Um, and it's Colin Farrell-est. Um, it's... De- <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. It's... De- the, Let's not the, make that a thing. <laughs> the time is really making me stress. <laughs> it's directed by uh, Martin McDonough, who uh, directed Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And it's such... 
it's such an interesting movie to have on this list. It definitively takes place at Christmas time. They are two hitmen who essentially they have a hit that went really, really wrong. Um, not to spoil too much about the movie, but then they are stuck in Bruges, Belgium, and it's a story that's a lot about their redemption, their Catholic morality. It is something I read once described it as like it's existential Christmas dread, but instead of that being in the background, they foreground that, and then there's just some Christmas <laughs> right. decorations sprinkled throughout. Um, so it works really well in that it has that like redemptive quality of like people trying to like make good on like kind of past grievances. Um, it's set in, you know, very quaint, you know, European towns. So it has that kind of old world world charm to it. But I mean, it is a movie about two hitmen. <laughs> um, it starts out very, very funny. Um, but I think it's darker kind of has that yeah. Shaun of the Dead turn. Um, but it's something that I really, really enjoy. It's a fun movie. I am going to rate this as a snowman because whereas I don't, I think it works really well thematically with some of those Christmas themes. They don't really like try and like really hammer that point home. It's more just like set dressing than anything else. Like it's not really motivated by the fact that it's Christmas time. It's motivated by the fact that like, you know, one of the characters really had had a very bad day prior to the movie starting. <laughs> yes. How about you? I, I'm going to give it Cole. Um, only because honestly, this movie was amazing. I didn't remember it was set at Christmas time. Oh, okay. See, so that's it wasn't interesting. memorable to me for any Christmas aspect of it. So I'm giving it Cole, not because the movie was bad. The movie's, the movie's amazing. Fantastic. But I just totally forgot about the whole Christmas aspect of yeah. it. You're next. Um, all right. And then I'm going to move on to another classic film. Well, maybe a classic sequel, <laughs> debated sequel, Ghostbusters 2. I'm going with Ghostbusters 2 here. So you've got the iconic Santa hat scene in that movie. Yes. Like, tell me you sure. don't remember the Ghostbusters running with the Santa hats on. Of course I do. Right? Awesome. Those gray suits. They look great in them. They all, yeah. Fantastic. It's all set during December. So that's why I think I bring it up here. <clears throat> the problem with it, though, is you have that great scene, or I guess it's a shot, and then most of it takes place after Christmas at New Year's time. So right off the bat, I'm going to say, no, this is going to be a coal. I think this movie is not appreciated as funny as it is and as good as it is. I, for some reason, I, I didn't even find out till recently that a lot of people do not like this movie. Oh, really? But I think it's a great movie. Vigo. Who doesn't love Vigo? Vigo. That could I mean, be it's not a solid. It's a sequel. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But it's so good. But it's a New Year's Eve movie. Well, I actually think that's, like, the best place to, like, place that. Maybe that's why it works really well as, like, an alternative holiday movie. Because yes. it is set at New Year's. You don't have a lot of New Year's movies that work really right, well. Yeah, it's a fun New Year's Eve movie. Or that week in between Christmas and New Year's when you're kind of trying to move out of the Christmas movies. I think it's a good one there. For sure is. Although it's really funny you say that, like, it's not, like, terribly well-received. And it kind of makes you think about the trajectory of Ghostbusters and who knows if we'll ever get, you know, the latest Ghostbusters movie. Uh, is Ghostbusters Afterlife? Afterlife is that the, yeah. yeah. So hopefully we get that at some point. But it's wait. just like, are all sequels of this going to be so maligned? Like, can there be nothing more than that first one? And I just feel like that's such a shame. Because Ghostbusters 2, I love Ghostbusters 2. That's so good. Who doesn't love my love? It's lifting, lifting me high. Or we're singing we way, sing too, way much too much on this podcast. This. And neither I have five of us seconds see. to kill. 
<laughs> well, we're going to call time on that one. Okay, so next up with this. So when you look up a lot of these lists, I think what, what gets highlighted is when there's like a significant kind of Christmas scene um, in the movie or Christmas moment. So I'm going to bring up the 2004 immortal classic comedy uh, Mean Girls. Yes. Uh, which I absolutely love. such loved. a fetch movie to choose. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> um, so I am going to say without a doubt, this is not a Christmas movie, but it has a phenomenal, iconic Christmas scene, which is the the choreographed dance that the Plastics plus Katie or Caddy, sorry, um, do like at the Christmas pageant. Which I just want to say, like, I have taught in education now for thirteen years. I've never seen like a Christmas talent show at any of the schools I've taught at, but whatever. But you know, it happens, and everyone always really focuses on like their like rendition of Jingle Bell Rock as being like the Christmassy moment. And to me, I'm like, it's all about the Kevin Napore like performance beforehand. (laughs) To me, that's the funniest part of that scene. That and when the friend is saying, I am beautiful, I'm like, those to me are actually like the showstopper moments, and then everyone kind of focuses on the jingle because it's the most Christmassy part of that. And I'm like, but no, to me the Kevin Poor part is the funniest part of that whole it's entire sequence. It's iconic costuming and an iconic scene, so it, it's hard not to at least visualize that as a Christmas moment. I mean, well, and, yeah, and every, it is a yeah. Christmas moment. And I but. think you that will pop up in visuals around Christmas time, but I'm with you. It's going to get a coal as part of a Christmas movie. Right, because yeah. it just doesn't have that. But yes, you're right. The Kevin Lepore part is so funny, it's and I love that Tina that. Fey. The t- you know she's playing the piano all into it, but everybody else is so offended by his song. <laughs> I know, and she like claps like <laughs> so sweetly. But like, I, and because what I love that is because when you have like movies that are about a school year, you tend to get to have like all of the holidays happen, which always makes it like a fun smorgasbord of getting to see like a, like a few different movements. So I think it's a great. Christmas scene, but it definitely doesn't make it then a Christmas but a movie. a great movie again. Oh my gosh, fantastic movie. movie. I'll, I'll never be upset watching it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it at <laughs> Christmas time. Up to you. And then I'm going to go into Iron Man 3. Such a weird... <laughs> the Marvel Christmas movie. Do we want to say that? <laughs> I mean, we're, you know, and I think this is a stretch, um, but it does have some themes that deserves. I mean, you have the iconic Jingle Bell sing scene with Tony Stark singing it with the new suit while I believe he's decorating the Christmas yes. tree. You know, so you have that really iconic thing. There's Christmas lighting throughout the movie. There's a lot of references to Christmas throughout the film. There's the bunny that he gets, the ridiculous bunny that he gets for Pepper. Um, so that's really big. And then you have that the the, the theme of it, which we talked recently with some friends about this with Christmas movies where... It's not necessarily about what's in the film as much about the themes of the film. Mm -hmm. Yes. And most of the time, I'm going to go with that, but this is one where Tony Stark, he kind of turns a leaf with it. Um, And I think that kind of falls into it. So my first initial reaction is, no, it's a lump of coal. Um, Fine movie, I guess. You? Can I tell you? Yeah. I was very ready to say Lump of Coal, but then, like, as you were describing it and I was remembering the movie, I'm actually going to lean a little more towards Snowman. So you want a superhero movie? You throw this in. Yeah, because I actually, because when you think about it, like, there's a lot of sweet moments um, in that movie, like, with him and the boy whose name is completely going out of my head who randomly shows up at the end of Endgame. <laughs> um, spoilers. <laughs> sorry, spoilers left and right. Um 
But it actually, I do think, works as that. Like, if any of the Marvel movies are going to kind of hit that note. Do you, like, remember, do you remember when we watched the end of Endgame and that kid was there? I kept thinking it was a, it was a Make-A-Wish kid that just really got did. to be in yeah. the scene. And you're like, yeah, that's so nice. And I'm like, I don't, we need to Google this. Like, because I'm pretty sure there's a reason why that kid's supposed to be there. There was a much, yeah, different I'm reason. I'm giving it a snowy Iron Man. That's going to be my rating on it. I need 30 seconds on this film, though, because there's Fine. a reason I wanted to put this movie okay, on this go. list above all else. But I th- I agree with you. There, there are, this one's an argument of, so you know what? I'm actually, you've, you got me back around. I'm going to go with the snowman. Oh! But the bigger reason I wanted to talk about this is this movie was directed by Shane Black. Shane Black, Monster Squad, a lot of great, yeah. big director, big writer. He's got six these types of Christmas films in his lex- in his um, filmography. He's got Lethal Weapon, okay. which we're not we're just leaving off this list because it's the it's another diehard. I mean, we could sit here and talk about it. It falls under the list, you know, into Christmas movies. And I love Lethal Weapon. I just don't think of it in that same right. vein as diehard. But then you have the Last Boy Scout, which has a lot of Christmas mm-hmm. in it. You have the Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is a definite one that we could have talked about here today. Iron Man three. And uh, the other one, which was The Nice Guys, which has the big Christmas scene towards oh the end Oh my of gosh, it. yes it does. So Shane Black has something with Christmas that he just feels like he needs to write it into his movies. You know, honestly, it makes for like great lighting. When you really think about it, like Christmas lighting is the most flattering of lightings. It's funny you say that because I have something to talk about that later today. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But you are up and I'm ready to move on. Because <laughs> we talked way more about Shane Black than I ever expected. <laughs> Truly, honestly, we stayed on Iron Man 3 longer than I expected. Okay, so my next one um, is going to be about the movie Carol. Um, So Carol uh, was directed by Todd Haynes, who directed um, I'm Not There, uh, Far From Heaven. And so this movie is definitively set at Christmas time, like kind of so this you have essentially this romance that occurs, there's uh, Kate Blanchett um, and Rooney Mara. It's a beautifully acted movie. Um, I, you know, I at at the time, I don't know, it was one of my favorite movies, but I would mark it as something that's worthwhile watching at Christmas time for this reason alone. There is an opening or a sequence that happens a little earlier in the film when they are Rooney Mara is working at what essentially is like a department store. Um, and Kate Blanchett comes in and the lighting in it is like you're living inside of a C9 light bulb. It is the softest, most beautiful 1950s glow. And most of the movie is lit that way. Like you feel essentially the like aura of kind of that 1950s, like ring-a-ding tinsel, like tree Christmas vibe throughout the entire movie. That's essentially how the entire movie is lit. So although it's not, I would not say under any circumstances it should be considered like traditionally like your like a Christmas movie. Like I wouldn't give it a Santa, but for the lighting alone, it the cinematography is so deliciously Christmassy. I would give it a snowman for the lighting alone. Well, agreed. <laughs> um, completely agree. But you also have that, again, iconic shot of Rooney Mara in the Santa hat. Oh, I love that shot. I mean, that shot. is the shot that they use for most of the promotion with the it's film. It's gorgeous. And you just have this great, these, these great shot and that scene of those two people falling in love. Oh, and right isn't Kate Blanchett just a Christmas angel? Right. Oh. <laughs> so I think it's a film that I think everybody should check out at some point. Oh, for sure. It's... it's you know, it's depressing at times. It's 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 really happy at times, but it's, it's certainly a it's a watch. must watch yeah, film. Truly. But I think we're, you're going to give it a snowman. I'm going to go back to it's it's coal for a Christmas movie, but definitely a must watch. Yes, 
I feel bad when we keep saying Cole about these movies that I are know, quite right? good. I feel like we should have come up with a very different rating right. system. If, if we're lucky enough to be doing this podcast next year, we'll definitely come, we'll come up with a, with a better different rating, rating system. system. <laughs> but Carol, definitely watch. Okay, this is over to you. I went over time. Okay. I, well, I went over time with Shane Black. So we <laughs> um, I'm going to go with one that I am going to say right off the bat. Santa. And it's a little going to be a little more controversial. Hmm. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, interesting. We talked a little about this back when we were talking about A Nightmare Before Christmas and we got into a lot of our birds. Yeah, that talking. Halloween movie. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, this, there's a lot of, this kind of falls into that uh, It's a Wonderful Life aspect hmm. where a good portion of the film does not take place at Christmas time. But the most iconic aspect of it, the climax of it, all does. So, I mean, you got, you know, the final act all takes place around this Christmas party by, and I'm just losing my place with the character names, but Diane Weiss' character. Yes. Uh, you know, she's doing the, you know, the Christmas party. You have that iconic Winona Ryder shot of her in the oh, snow. Nothing truly. feels more Christmas than her dancing in that snow, or the ice, I guess I should say, you know, with Edward as he's doing the ice sculpture. Um, and you also have the Christmas themes with this that we're talking about. You know, it's, you know, themes of love and believing, family and, and acceptance. Uh, so I'm going with it deserves a Santa because to me, even though the film has a little bit more of a depressing end, you do still get that wonderful scene of Winona Ryder older and she's telling the story by the fireplace and that red dress, which just screams Christmas as well. And so to me, it's, it really does fall as a, as a Christmas film. You know, I can't say... Like, so obviously we talked about this list beforehand, and I was just like, oh, he's really... Like, okay, it's snowy. Like, that's essentially why it's getting put in this list. You make a very cogent argument that makes me want to... It also makes me just really want to watch Edward Scissorhands. I feel like we've been talking around that movie right. for, like, two months now, and we haven't, like, <laughs> sat down and watched it again. So I love that movie. And I think you're right. There is... When you have those iconic moments that are... So, like, rooted in, like, kind of, like, Christmas time or magic of the season or magic of, like, the wintry time. Like, I think it's easy to kind of, like, understand why it would fall on that or why someone might want to watch it as, like, an alternative, like, holiday movie this time of year. So, good argument made. I would agree with you. It gets a Santa. Yes, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my next one. So this, Or in that case, a Santa Claus. I'm going to go on to my next movie. <laughs> Let's make this a peaceable holiday <laughs> podcast. Um, so my next one is Sleepless in Seattle. So Nora Ephron. I mean, this is the romantic comedy to end all romantic comedy. It's like, it is just so perfect. I love this movie so much. And the reason I would put it in kind of that Christmas realm, and I think I would still rate it as with a snowman maybe, but the reason I do is because if you haven't seen the movie... The opening portion where Meg Ryan kind of falls in love with, like, Tom Hanks and his voice and, like, is he calls into a radio show, rather his son calls into a radio show because he's a widower, and he's, like, calling into one of those, like, old, like, if you remember, like, Delilah, like, yes, you know, right. if you remember that. So, like, so she, so he calls in and then gets his dad on there to kind of talk about the, you know, his, his mom who's passed away, and, um... There was this great moment where, so leading up to this, Meg Ryan has taken her fiance like home to meet her parents and it's like the Christmas season and kind of like, and she has to travel back. So she gets in her car and she's driving by herself and she hears this and she's listening to Christmas mu music leading up to this. And then it kind of gets kind of tired of listening to Christmas music and turns on this radio show. And it's just the most like emotional and wonderful moment with like Tom Hanks talking about like, so the, the, 
host of the radio show asked like, you know, what was it about your wife? And he was like, well, how long is your show? And he has this like awesome speech that he gives. And he says, it was like coming home only to know home. I had never known. It was like magic. And to me, that whole moment like makes that movie. It's just that her falling in love with how much he loved his wife and, and it, and it's Christmas time and there's magic in the air. And it's like just such a, like a beautiful moment. I love that movie so much. And I will get Rita Wilson. beaming. (laughs) There's a scene later on where Rita Wilson talks about An Affair to Remember and like how emotional that movie makes her. And the the movie Affair to Remember makes me very emotional too. But Sleepless in Seattle truly makes me emotional when I talk about it. Like my arms are flapping (laughs) vigorously because I just love that movie so, so much. It's the all-time romantic movie in my mind. All right. I'm not even going to try to argue with you or go with that. Watch it at Christmas time. It's beautiful. I mean, I think it always gets played into as a Valentine's Day movie a lot. Yes, it does. Because but. the end part happens at Valentine's Day. But to me, it's all about that beginning part that happens when she's like in the car and it's Christmas Tom time. Hanks and, and uh, Meg Ryan make that movie from a Hallmark movie into a classic yeah, because it should, it, it could have been tripe. Yeah. Like, but it's so well acted. Rob Reiner's in it. It's just, it's Rosie O'Donnell's in it. Like, it was just such a great movie. <laughs> I love, 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 love that movie. Let me ask you this as I move on to mine. Okay. Let me ask you, I'm going to give you a cast here. Charlie's Theron. <laughs> Gary Sinise. <laughs> ben Affleck. <laughs> Right now, if you had the opportunity, would you go and buy a ticket, go see that movie? Yes. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Charlize Theron is one of the most accomplished actresses of our time. Right? And Ben Affleck? I mean, I, I know he's had his ups and downs, but yeah, he's, you know. Gary Sinise? Who does not love Gary Sinise? You're a monster if you don't love Gary right? Sinise. He's an amazing a actor. true American actor, Gary Sinise. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is Reindeer Games, which gets a lump of coal and it's just a piece of crap. So we're not even going to talk about this. Wow, that was so vicious. I didn't even start the timer. <laughs> There's no memes. Jeez. Can I tell you, I don't remember hating this movie when I was like 14 and didn't know any better. It, it's, I don't know. It's got a bank heist and some Santa suits. I don't It was terrible then. It's terrible now. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, next film. All right, so I'm going to keep on my romantic comedy train. All right. Because now I'm all full with, like, you know, emotional warm feels. Um, and I'm going to go with the movie, which is, I'm going to give it a Santa right off the bat. This is definitively a Christmas movie, and it is the movie While You Were Sleeping. Oh. So okay. Sandra Bullock, uh, Bill Pullman, Peter Gallagher. Um, it is the story of essentially, so a woman who she is working as a toll or a, a train operator, train booth operator. I can't do words. Train, words <laughs> train booth operator. And she sees a guy fall. He gets knocked on the tracks when he's getting mugged. And then she goes and saves him. And then there's like, you know, hilarity ensues. Essentially her, the, his family ends up thinking that she's his fiance. She goes along with it. Cause she is very much. So she's alone. She's lost both of her parents. And the movie takes place all at Christmas time because the day it happens on Christmas and then it's like the period from Christmas to New Year's when this kind of like all like unfolds and I love this movie so much it is very very sweet it's Sandra Bullock like when she was like kind of in that like America's Sweetheart yeah. kind of like space where she was doing like a lot of like romantic comedies can we get and, that like, back from her because I miss that I do I miss that like that mm-hmm. that bent in her career when that's what she was yeah. doing and it's like and Bill, Bill Pullman is just like so sweet and the whole family because it's all about like them gathering and it being really hard because they have a son who's in a coma and they have this woman who like they're trying to get to know and they're like slowly like all kind of falling in love with her and like 
as she's supposed to be a part of their family, but they're not really engaged. So it's like this whole thing. And it has like really sweet and I think very genuine family gathering kind of scenes where it's like, oh, that is how the holidays feels. It's kind of manic. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, but it's also like super endearing and wonderful. And then, you know, it culminates in, well, I mean, she ends up falling in love with Bill Pullman. I don't think that's much of a spoiler. It's a spoiler like, all I over really the am. place here today. I used to watch that movie, like, every night at bedtime. <laughs> it, like, because, it, I mean, and I don't know, maybe the title alone, but it would just, like, lull me into, like, the most, like, peaceful sleeps. But I do feel like it is firmly a Christmas movie, although I don't think many people would consider it that. And it's going to fall as a Christmas movie to me because of you, simply put. I mean, I... I think I don't know if I had seen it before you and I were together and I think if you ask me I could tell you about the first 15 20 minutes of it because like you said you put it because I put it on at bedtime that's why (laughs) um so but yeah I'm going with it that's good thank you yeah Christmas movie by osmosis (laughs) moving on to another romantic um classic Rocky (laughs) 4 um Rocky 4 Deserves to be talked about in this because yes. the major event is at Christmas. It is the fight the so in Soviet Union, Rocky versus uh, Drago. I don't know why I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> Can I tell you? You had said this to me that if you're like when we're coming with us and we're like Rocky Four, and I literally I was like seriously because the snow dude like how thin. <laughs> Is the criteria, and then you like mic dropped, you're like, it does take place at Christmas. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember that part. After Rocky stops the Cold War by defeating Ivan Drago, I can change. He also yells Merry Christmas to his son. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you why I don't think it? Because, like, I think about, like, the robot, and that's, like, a birthday that's present a birthday. for Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. Polly. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so I think about that as, like, that part of it, so I don't think about it as a Christmas movie. It's, um, I, we could talk about how it's not a very good movie. I don't want to do that. I don't want to alienate people. <laughs> it's a wonderful music video. This is, this is one of those movies that is just, I absolutely love but if you take a step back, it is so bad. And they're they're recutting it. They are recutting it. Stallone is going back and recutting Rocky IV. I'm only assuming that there will be five more montages, which will be great because when I start working out again one day, I'll have more music to listen Kids, to. Your relationship to this movie is very confusing to me because of this like love-hate. Because like, you dunk on it constantly, but then you're like, if you need to be inspired, like... You put on that soundtrack. It's a fantastic. It is a fantastic soundtrack. soundtrack. We used to when we ran, which we don't anymore. <laughs> we used to have a hill in the parkway that we called the Drago Hill yes. because when you get to the top of it, you just want to scream out like Drago because it was so steep and high. <laughs> Anybody that knows that hill right now is probably like that thing is like. <laughs> because I'm gonna say, even when I was in shape, I was not in shape. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe we should watch Rocky Four more and get a little more motivated. I, you know what? I think that's it because you've now had this turn where you make fun of it, so we've not been watching as much, and that's why we don't work out. You were you and Rocky Four are the reason we don't work out anymore. Do we watch it at Christmas time? I don't want to watch it at Christmas. Yeah, it's I don't want to work movie. out at Christmas. No, no, it's a good January movie. It's a very good. January yeah, you know, movie. it's got all that winter. Yeah. So are you giving this a lump of coal? Get you motivated for the spring to start yeah. working out again. Yeah. All right. That does feel like a lump spring of coal type run. for for. Uh, for uh, Christmas, um, you know, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s for, you know, motivational. <laughs> that That's your rating system for how much something motivates us? Is the high, is the pinnacle Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s for motivating Yeah, the presidential factors? fitness test. Okay, we got to move on. We're going to do some right. shuttle runs. You are, you are way past your two minutes on Rocky Four. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to next bring up. Um, at, so this is a movie that I don't know why it doesn't get considered a Christmas movie because it like definitively is, but the movie Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds oh, yes. um, and Anna Ferris playing essentially what I think is supposed to be like kind of like a mock at almost like Lady Gaga, um, or, but early Gaga. Um, so it's Ryan Reynolds and he is traveling with Anna Ferris, who is a pop star, um, and his plane gets diverted because she is trying to heat up something in tinfoil in a microwave on an airplane. And it's a private plane. And it gets diverted, and they end up having to land in New Jersey. So he ends up having to go home for the holidays, even though he was making excuses to not have to go home for the holidays. And then it's like him, like, trying to, like, essentially woo back a, a, a girl that had, quote, unquote, like, friend zoned him, although I absolutely despise that term. Um, but they were really good friends and she didn't feel the same way. Her name is Jamie Palomino. And it's all about like, essentially all of these guys who like are in love with Jamie Palomino and then like Ryan Reynolds trying to woo her back. And the thing is, it's like, if you just like look at Ryan Reynolds, look at like an ad for his gin, you'd be like, why is this such a feat? Like, come on, it's Ryan Reynolds. But when you see Ryan Reynolds in this movie and his physical comedy and how almost grotesque he makes himself, not physically, like he looks like Ryan Reynolds. It's just well, all the things the, he does. The only so funny. small issue I would have is the, the you know, the bodysuit that they use with him at the beginning. Oh, it's terrible. You know, that doesn't age very well. But outside of that, I agree with you. Yeah. This movie is really funny. And parts that it shouldn't work, but it's just really funny. And it's got all the Christmas aspects to it. That well, because want. he's home for the holiday. He's doing all of the Christmas things. It's about him having to, like, kind of understand, like, why he shouldn't have been running away from, like, his family. It has this awesome... So there's a song uh, by Fountains of Wayne at the end of kind of, like, a very sensitive moment. It's a song called Hackensack. Um, and so was written by um, Adam Schlesinger, who passed away this year, sadly, who's an amazing, amazing uh, songwriter. And it works so well. And it's like that perfect, like, moody, because it's not a Christmas song, but it works so well in that moment to get him to understand, like, he knows his holidays have kind of gone awry, and it just, like, works so well in that moment. So I would say that this gets a Santa. I think definitively it is a Christmas movie. I just don't think it gets classified that way, because I think the Ryan Reynolds comedy of it all kind of puts it in that category. Why? Because, I mean, I put it in the quirkiness of, I mean, other than it doesn't have Christmas in the title, I put it in the same quirkiness as, you know, um, uh, Surviving Christmas or um, Deck the Halls or something like that. Yeah. It's even maybe even funnier in some ways. And I don't know if it's one of those things, if it's just like hasn't found its like audience, like it's one of those ones that's not like rewatched, it's not shown a lot. I mean, it's on Netflix, so it's like easy to access it, but it just doesn't seem to have like a popular. I just think it probably. You're not going to get that. I mean, it's it's not It's a Wonderful Life here, but you're going to, it's a good funny film for this time. Oh yeah, no, let me temper this. I was not saying it's a classic. (laughs) I'm just saying it's very enjoyable and I highly recommend the watch. So up to you now. All right. So I was, you know, I know I got a little bit of, you know dunking on Rocky IV in fun. I really do enjoy the movie <laughs> a lot. So I'm going to pitch it to a movie that you may end up having some thoughts about. Christmas Eve 1989, Rent. <laughs> <laughs> the musical Rent 
<laughs> directed by Chris Columbus, who we've talked about a great deal in this Why is Chris podcast. Columbus so in our lives right now? <laughs> oh, he has so much Christmas films. That's, All right, fine. Make your case for Rent, because I have things I mean, to say. I mean, ultimately, it takes place on Christmas Eve 1989 in the movie version. I don't believe the musical actually gives it a year. Which because actually if the year that they give to it makes no sense because some of the references are outdated or yes. haven't happened. It's just weird. But anyway, it happens Christmas Eve and then the final act takes place on Christmas Eve the following year. There's also variety of Christmas references during the songs. And then the most iconic would be Angel's outfit when they come on Christmas morning. Angel in that iconic Santa outfit, you know, doing the, the, the dance and the song, you know, it, here's to you. Oh, man. So, so here's the promise. So you bring up Angel and then I just want to weep. Right. Because I mean, such a beautiful character. But the Tom movie, Collins is going to make you cry every single time when you when think about Angel. When he does the he, reprise of I'll Cover You, yeah. I am literally, I'm done. Like, I can't. <laughs> every time we went to go see it on Broadway, I was done at that. I think I would start whimpering because I knew it was coming. So here's the thing, and the reason why you forecasted that I made fun, I do not like the film version of this. Understandably I, so. I have I have never warmed to it. I felt that the characters, although, you know, one of the things that it did right that a lot of Broadway musical film adaptations do wrong is they used Broadway people in the roles. I would say, without a doubt, Jesse L. Martin still fit his role beautifully, but the rest of the cast looked way too old to be playing the characters they were playing. Jesse L. Martin looked way too old for that Jesse role. L. Martin did not. He just is amazing. His he, voice his is vo- amazing. No one else should sing Listen, the reprise I'll cover to, you. I mean, I think that's the thing with that film, which is why I will slightly defend it. It's... It, we talk about this with food, we, 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 you know, from the movie Chef, where it's like you you watch that movie not because it's the music Broadway musical, but so you can have a taste of the Broadway musical. Although there is a video version of the actual Broadway musical, so you probably should just watch that. Yeah, just watch this that. Because then you'll still get to hear but Jesse L. Martin. Rosario Dawson. Who doesn't want to watch Rosario Dawson? I love Dawson? Rosario Dawson. Like, I love Rosario <laughs> Dawson so much. But it's just... The movie version to me never, I don't know, it, it, there's a layer of grime that it was missing. It doesn't. It does it's, not it's flat. work. It's, it's flat. It's flat. Yes. And, and honestly, the ending in particular works so here's miserably in the film. Fine film, if you want it, if you just want the music. I'm going to give it a Santa, though, because I do think it falls into a Christmas movie. Fine. If, you, if that's what you want. <laughs> All right, moving on to a movie that I absolutely and truly love. And that is set at Christmas time, but definitely could fall into that category of, do you really categorize this as a Christmas movie? Um, Batman Returns. Yeah. So I, I love 1992, Michelle Pfeiffer, iconic, just all over. I love Batman Returns. And it's set at Christmas time. There's a lot of like, so when you go back and watch it, other than like kind of the snowy Gotham vibes. And I just, I don't know. I always like kind of picture Gotham in like an eternal winter, no matter what version right. of Gotham I'm seeing? Yeah. I just I just assume it's a little chilly out. Um, but it so it's set at Christmas time. There's a lot of kind of like Christmas like kind of dressings. It works really well because there's something about the contrast of like kind of the, the maniacal nature of like the Penguin and then you know Catwoman against that backdrop that I think just works well. Like that contrast of like what's you know essentially like what does you know a really happy holiday look like in a you know crime ridden city like it's you know it were in and in Tim Burton's mind so there's just like layers upon layers of like kind of twisted versions of the holidays that kind of like pop up with that so I don't 
at all probably would consider this even remotely a Christmas movie, but it is set at Christmas time. And we've never watched it at Christmas time. We haven't. I don't think this year will be an exception, (laughs) but I do think if you're looking for something that has like that winter holiday vibe and you're like, I just can't watch another Hallmark movie, then maybe turn on Batman Returns for a true love story between Catwoman and Batman. (laughs) I love that that's your two bookends there. Yes. Listen, um, if you're going to watch a a superhero movie at Christmas time, I'm going to go with Batman Returns because... Just a, another great Tim Burton yes. Christmas film. Yeah. I, I think, honestly... You know, you put that in there with Edward Sister Hands and A Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Let it go. Yeah, um, but, no, I, I think it, it works really nicely in that it, it has all of, like, kind of those nice moments of, like, where, like, kind of the Christmas cheer. And I, I love a good juxtaposition. And we talked about this when we talked about Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, something that Tim Burton does so well, like, he juxtaposes things... In a way that makes you have to think about, like, what the root heart of each item is. So if you're taking, like, a villain, like, Penguin, and putting him against, like, a Christmas backdrop, it makes you have to kind of, like, be at war with both. Like, do I have to look at him a little bit more kindly? Do I have to look at Christmas a little bit more with, like, kind of, like, sinister nature? Like, the fact that, like, you know, you have, like, Batman's, like, giant, beautiful, like, Christmas tree with white lights on. And you're like, you know Alfred did that. Like, you you know Bruce Wayne's not taking the time to put up that Christmas tree. right? With Merry Christmas, Alfred. I believe. Yes, I believe yeah, it is the I last line Batman in the is movie. the last line, so, So, yeah. it actually, I think, can work very, very well for that, and especially if you're kind of, like, in the movie for, like, a good superhero movie, like, maybe do a double feature Iron I'm Man totally 3, Batman Returns. I'm putting it as a Santa, too. You know... And we've talked about it I'm for, like, Santa. four and a half minutes, so I think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... I didn't even want to set the timer, because I'm like, no, it's Batman <laughs> Returns, I want to talk about it endlessly. Especially Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> I'm going to move on to a film... Again, probably more iconic scene, um, but better off dead. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Which somebody labeled this as a horror film, and I was like, that is not a horror film. I have no idea how to describe it other than a comedy, a really, really dark comedy. <laughs> it's its own thing. It's its own thing. <laughs> but that's the point, right? This movie is so bizarre. I couldn't even imagine necessarily it being made today. I mean, those who have not seen Better Off Dead, I mean, how could you not have seen Better Off Dead? Yeah. Do but you have you any have idea it, what the street value of this John, mountain is? <laughs> John Cusack as Lane Meyer as a teen that gets dumped right before Christmas oh, yeah. and is suicidal and all of the comedic hijinks that ensue of him failing each attempt. It is. This movie does not have a category. I don't even know if we have the appropriate amount of time to talk about it. But it's so funny. So funny. It is so funny. And, you know, and listen, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I don't want to, you know, the triggering with that type of topic. So if that's not your thing, do not watch it. No, It's a very dark comedy. But if if you're okay with that, I definitely say check it out if you never had. Because it's a really funny movie. And it has this really iconic Christmas scene. Yes. Where, you know, Lane's mom is giving out (laughs) presents that are just TV, like old 80s TV dinners that they're unwrapping. The mom's in this reindeer outfit that rivals um, Ralphie's bunny suit. (laughs) She's in this reindeer. Why have I never worn that for Christmas Eve? (laughs) As long as you don't give me the dad, the one she gives the dad, which is like an aunt... Holiday oh, anteater, yeah. <laughs> you know. Then you have Lane crashing through the garage door that the dad had just refixed 
for the holidays. And then he sees the neighbor wearing the same outfit that he is, which is this ridiculous reindeer. And then you have the neighbor, you know, where the mom's giving Simone the picture of Ricky, who is this just creepy, you know, son of hers trying to get with the French exchange student. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that part. <laughs> so there's just, there's a very iconic Christmas yes. moments to it. But the rest of the film is very separate. It's a lot of snow because of the skiing aspect of it. But so I'm going to put it as coal for Christmas. But definitely, again, as we were talking about, a movie you should check out. I would give it a snowman. You give it a snowman? I give it a snowman. Nice. All right. It's snowy. It's got snowy vibes. Oh, go? Yeah. That's where we're going now, right? Snow vibes. Snow vibes. <laughs> well, because snow vibes work really well for, like, and again, like, in if holiday movies aren't your thing, this is a way of, like, watching some programs that can feel kind of, like, themey to the time of year without it having to be outright a Christmas. So that's what I'm going to say. Snowman. All right. All right. So now to my next one. And I'm going to really try and stick to the time limit on this, but it's really hard because it is a movie that I really love. Um, I was lucky enough to get to show it last year. It was part of the first Saturday horror series at Frank Banco Alehouse Cinema, and that is the movie Rare Exports. I'm clapping already. <laughs> I love this movie. So if you don't know the, the kind of the background of this movie, so it's set in Finland. Um, it's essentially um, a team, kind of like an evil corporation, is unearthing Santa um, and his elves. And, and well, Santa breaks free and finds himself captured in the house of a father and son, kind of, <laughs> kind of captured. Um, but essentially the movie is about like the existence of like Santa and his elves, but it's much more sinister than I'm making it sound like. Right. The thing I'm saying sounds kind of cute and adorable. Like Santa has a fireside chat. No, Santa's like murdery. Right. And it's actually kind of terrifying. So it is a horror Christmas movie. But it's a horror Christmas movie that I think like leans into kind of like, yes, it's a horror Christmas movie, but it tries to lean into like the family aspects of it. There's like, a lot of heart to the movie. It really is. It's very I mean, there's sweet. There's a lot of heart to it. it. It's just a lot of comedy to it too, it's, but not, it's not a comedy. That's no, very clear. But it's said. very funny. Yeah. It's very funny. Right. Yes. There, there's very funny aspects of it. it. It's hard to describe more than just the base end of it. Because even I feel like everything I'm saying, like it's making it sound like something it isn't. Because even, like, you're bringing in the comedic aspects of it. Because you're right. I laugh a lot when I watch this movie. But mm -hmm. I have a certain type of sense of humor that right. I think lends itself to this type of movie. And, like, and it is a horror movie. But I wouldn't say it's super, super scary no, by uh -uh. any means. Not at all. It's more just... I don't want that. I don't think anybody should be scared away, no pun intended, by that aspect of it either. No. So it's, it's again, it's one of those movies that exists in that kind of like weird space of it, it gets classified as a Christmas horror movie, which is appropriate, but it, it, it's a little bit more than that. Because if you're comparing that to something like Silent Night, Deadly Night, right. like, <laughs> there's no comparing the no. two. But it's actually like, it's... It kind of goes more into that if you like, and I know I do, like when you read like kind of like the old mythologies of like, you know, like kind of origin stories right. of Santa and like and like in different cultures and times and like, and if that kind of is enchanting to you, then this will, this will work. And, and, and I will not spoil a thing about the ending, but I love the ending of this movie so, 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 oh so, gosh, so much. Yeah. That's the thing. It's Cannot like, yeah, say enough it's about so this movie. It's so good. It's so good. I really highly recommend if you are not familiar with this movie, if nothing else, watch a trailer on it. Yes. And then check, or just check it out. Just trust us on it. Like, you know, it's really good. We would not lead you astray. Probably not. <laughs> Please don't get mad at us if you don't like wearing sports. Right. All right, this is over to you now. Well, I think it's a good bridge to what I'm going to talk about here because it's funny with you. 
we found this out, you know, a lot of jokes about the Nightmare Before Christmas aspect of things with you, but you're not big into more the scary or, or you... It's Christmas is sacred to you, so you're not big with that. I love of, horror movies. Right, and any other month of the year, yeah, I'm good. December is December. Yeah, now. so rare exports is that rare one for you that's yes. in there. Here's one that it took a while for us to watch because of that, and I fell in love with this movie immediately. Me too. Did you? Yes. Anna versus the Apocalypse. So let me describe what this movie. It is a British horror. Comedy musical. Accurate. <laughs> so, that is, talk about your niche audience. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. British horror comedy Christmas musical. Yeah. <laughs> so, apocalypse, <laughs> zombies, this, candy canes. Oh my God, this movie just, I am so glad we finally sat down and watched it. From about the first few seconds, I was hooked. I loved it. It's just all these aspects that I want. It's brilliant music. Songs that I want to actually put onto my iPod and listen to. Um, you know, great characters. I thought all the characters were really fleshed out, which is hard to do with a musical. But I thought each of them were very diverse and they had a lot to them. Um, it's funny. It's heartwarming. But it's also scary. Um, it, it's also, yeah, it's got some moments. It's very sad at times too. Um, it's joyful. It's just it, it's got all of these aspects to it. I just love this movie. I can't wait to watch it again. No, and I'm so glad how how excited you are by it. Like, because I agree completely. I didn't expect the music to be that good. I expected to walk away going, "Oh, it's clever." Yes, but me, it was the music was great. It was well acted. I I completely agree with you. It's one of the things I enjoyed most about it is I felt like they wanted me to know all of the characters really well, and for them to have depth. And again, you're right. That is entirely hard to do in a musical, like, and especially in like a film musical. It's only an hour and a half long. You don't have a lot of time. But this movie, like, it packs a lot in in its hour and a half runtime. Like, it's great. Yeah, it is a really fantastic film. Um, Highly recommend it. The Christmas aspect of it. It does take place at Christmas time. So you know, you have this thing with Anna walking through with this candy cane beating zombies. Um, you know, so, and there's a lot of Christmas, but I also wouldn't necessarily say this has to be a Christmas movie though. That's the only thing I would say. As much as I love this movie, I- I'm happy to watch this any time of the year and it doesn't have to be a Christmas time movie. I don't think it needs to be a Christmas time movie, but I do think it's definitively a Christmas You'll movie. You'll give it that? Oh, okay, interesting. It's so Christmas- I'm going Snowman, but you're going Santa? I'm going Santa. Awesome. Yeah. Either way, again, yeah, go Check see it, it out for sure. <laughs> we are very, very much behind on this yeah. and, I'm, and I'm glad we finally saw it. And then kind of moving over to another film for me that I want to gush over. So if I may jump ahead of you for just a second. Of course, go ahead. Eyes Wide Shut. (laughs) Okay, this is really weird to talk about in a Christmas... I mean, it's talk a Kubrick about Christmas. Yeah, alternative Christmas alternative movie Christmas. for sure. But I will tell you, I believe it's a Christmas movie. I believe it's a Santa. But yes, it's going to be a very more adult, you know, Christmas movie. It's going to be, you know, not one that everybody's going to want to watch. But to me, it is one of my all-time favorite films. It is one of my all-time favorite Kubrick films. I think this movie is just beautifully shot and so well acted and the storytelling is amazing what Kubrick does throughout it and one of the aspects that he incorporates into this film is the lighting and by choosing to put it at Christmas time 
what he does, you start with this iconic Christmas, or not iconic, but, you know, this big Christmas party. It's Kubrick. It's all iconic. It's all iconic, right? Yeah. You know, this Christmas party and the lighting and the trees and this, you know, so you're right into that setting of that time of year, which gives you its own emotional aspects to thing. And he, Kubrick is big on shooting in natural light. So one of the aspects by deciding to shoot this film at Christmas time, which a lot of the night scenes and things like that, he was able to shoot at with natural light because of using the Christmas lighting throughout it. And the Christmas themes are through the whole film. The only scene in the entire movie that doesn't have some decoration or some aspect of Christmas is the major scene of the movie. That probably, and this is the thing, and I think this is why like, I chuckled at first, is because right. unfortunately what probably most people know about this movie is not, to me, the best part of this movie. Not to say that it is not a beautifully shot scene, not that it's not important thematically, narratively. However, the thing that you probably know going into this movie is not the thing it should be marked for the most. Right. But it also has those themes. Man's journey to find himself, to find the true meaning of, you know, the spirit in him, the spirit in finding his family again Mm -hmm. and what that means to him. And that whole journey, which he finds towards the end. And I'm spoiling. I apologize. Um... And the last scene takes place at F.A.O. Schwartz, so, you know. <laughs> yes, it does. So the right there, super Christmassy. <laughs> Big and eyes wide shut. <laughs> and the night before. Ha! Lots but of Christmas movies. I, I mean, uh, listen, I'll, I'll sit here and do a whole, I would love to do a whole podcast yeah. just on eyes wide shut because to me it is just an amazing piece of film work. And I think it could sneak in there as you want your alternative Christmas movie. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I echo your sentiments entirely. I also love Eyes Wide Shut. It's really funny, though. Like, I I almost kind of forgot it's a Christmas movie because there's so much more going on in the film. But it's like, you're right. Like, so much of the what makes that cinematography so brilliant is the fact that everything's, like, underscored by the fact that it's happening at the holiday season. There's kind of these, like, you know, these really interesting family dynamics at play. And then also, like, the dismantling of family dynamics, like, during a time in which you're supposed to be bringing family together and, like, kind of finding that. So it works really nicely as a thematic to that. It's also interesting because, like, yes, it, it is as described. It's a Kubrick version of a Christmas Kubrick story. Christmas. Yeah, Kubrick Christmas. Um, so I 100% agree and echo everything you said. So we got one more to go. We do. You're going to finish us out here. And I am going to say off the bat... It is 100% a Santa. Actually, I'm going to say it's 100% a Mogwai, and that is Gremlins, an ultimate alternative Christmas movie. Because, yes, it falls very much in that horror Christmas realm. Because I will definitively say, as a child, and still to this day, you can attest to this, I cannot hear the song, Do You Hear What I Hear, without getting a little freaked out. So, I, you know, you have, obviously, the setting of Christmas time. You have the fact that, you know, you have Gizmo is a Christmas gift. Um, You have all of these, like, kind of beautiful Christmas thematics that happen and, like, kind of the idea of, like, Christmas gone wrong, like, a present going wrong. Like, it kind of works so well for that. You have one of the most demented speeches in all of Christmas canonical film history, (laughs) Phoebe Cates, talking about her dad. It's honestly, to me, there's no way to talk about like those kind of like debates about is it a Christmas movie without this being at the top of the list. And I I feel even more strongly than I do about Die Hard as 
categorizing this as firmly a Christmas it's movie. It's firmly a Christmas movie. Yes. I mean, the, the shots of the gremlins caroling. Oh, you know, I love that. Gizmo with the Santa hat. When Gizmo first <laughs> comes out of the box. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a Christmas present. Yes. yes. I, I'm totally with you. There should be no debate. This shouldn't even be an alternative Christmas movie. This is a Christmas movie. So with that being said, to kind of close this out... So we've gone through 20 films that fall in this alternative or unconventional Christmas movie, like, you know, categorization that we've given them. Do you have a top three that everyone should watch of your... Top three Christmas or top three films? Top three films from this unconventional alternative Christmas list. If I'm giving it to people, I'm going Gremlins. I'm going Rare Exports. Anna versus the Apocalypse. So those are your top three? Those would be my top three. Eyes Wide Shut is not going to be for everybody. No, it's not. I agree with you there. Mine, so mine's not terribly deserved, but mine would be Gremlins, Die Hard, Rare Exports. Excellent. So I think like the through line here is if nothing else, like please make sure that you're watching Gremlins and Rare Exports this holiday season. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be back um, in two weeks with our next holiday-themed episode, which is going to be about... The best Santas ever to be captured on film. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) If you aren't already, please follow us on social media at Instagram at How Could You Podcast, on Twitter at How Could You Pod. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, or thoughts, you can email us. It's How Could You Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, enjoy the Odyssey. (laughs) 